What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Lone Wolf Podcast. I'm your host, Wolfson. And today's episode, we're going to talk about the art of sound design. Is it a luxury for us EDM producers or in general, engineers and artists and whatnot? Or is it actually a necessity for producers? Now, before we go in, let me explain what the turn of sound designing is for the people who don't know about it. Although you should know what it means. I mean, the word itself says it all sound design. But let me explain a little bit of definition of what I believe it is. And you can fact check me if you want. Just comment down below and let me know. So it's basically the art of creating a sound out of nothing or by doing a certain effect with certain frequencies into your plugins or DAWs. And believe it or not, you just created a sound out of thin air by just doing a lot of crazy tech stuff out of it in your DAWs. And before you know it, boom, sound design. That's how you do it, baby. That's how you do it. Now, many have thought that being a great sound designer is the only way to be a successful EDM producer. That's not entirely true, and it's a little bit far from it. And we have to define what people are trying to say because I understand where they're coming from, but there are different levels to it. So we're going to go deep and dive into this and discuss the myth behind it, which genre really tends to incline more into sound designing than others. What are the benefits into it? What's the long haul into it? Is it really worth it? My final thoughts and my top five plugins for sound designing on any sound for either beginners all the way to pros. Now, this is going to be one interesting episode as well, because we're going to also, you know, fact checking for our previous episode, talking about, you know, our priorities. And this is the episode in which the part in sound designing really tends to hit home run, because this is the part where you are going to tend to do a lot and spend a lot of hours into it, just like we t uh, talked in our previous episodes. You can also check it out. So. Be sure to like and subscribe your weekly episodes at the Lone Wolf Podcast for Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and iHeartRadio, as well as the YouTube channel at LoneWolfPod.com. That's LoneWolfPod.com, where you can check all my latest episodes. You can also follow me at any of my social medias for recent updates, cl topics, clips, as well as the Twitch channel, where you can now see all my podcasts on live air before its actual release at the Wolves and Music. So you can check me out at Twitch at Wolves and Music as well as any of my other social medias. Now, without further ado, let's get started. This is the Lone Wolf Podcast. Boom. I got the sample back from Moldstaff. Shout out to Moats that my brothers Josh and Pat. Shout out to those guys. Um, yeah, like they got a sample pack. I just got it, and yeah, I heard I heard Josh's vocals. Oh my god! And I thought that was so perfect. I was like, shit, I want to make a song out of this. It got me back into making music. So I started on a project. It's like, oh shit, I want to do this. Like, I want to do this really badly. But yeah. I don't know. And if I do a great job, maybe I can just show it to them and like, yo, like I'm putting you guys as a featuring because like I use your sample pack. It's only fair to give you credit where credit is due. I always am adamant about that. I don't I'm not going to release a song with his vocals and some of their drums and 
Pat's drums, like, oh, I love them. If Phil's in one, like, I'm not going to make a song that I'd made out of their sample block without giving them credits. Like, no. I'm going to give them the credit that they deserve. They did a great job, a hell of a job out of it. But yeah, I don't know. I know I'm, I'm, I've already started something. I don't want to see how far I can go. So I don't know if you guys ever want to think that you want me to, you know, yeah, stream on some of the, my sessions. Hit me up, guys. All right. We're going to start this new episode because I'm starting to hear a lot of movement outside of my apartment. It's my fucking brother, bro. This guy is a is a party dude. Like this guy will have he has no he has no filters on going out or inviting people in our apartment. Well, my knowledge, it's a fuck. It's a it's it's one of these days. Is like why the fuck am I here? I should have my own apartment. Like soon, soon I'll have it. My girl, we'll have our own place. I don't need to hear this bullshit anymore anyways let's get into this guys so what's going on everyone welcome to another episode of the lone wolf podcast today's topic we're going to talk about sound designing is that luxury or a necessity now i'm gonna be straight with you guys um this is something that i've been hearing this for as long as i can remember even when i was a house dj i remembered this thing about sound designing and I never really saw through why is everybody so obsessed of sound designing? Obviously, you know, because it sounds dope when you actually put it on a song. But why is it like a necessity to actually be doing this? Well, obviously, because everybody believes that, oh, if you are good at sound designing, you're you're going to be a successful EM producer. Um, I had to burst your bubbles, but that statement is... There's so many holes in it. And the reason why I say there's many holes around it is that yes and no. There, the, there's like a 1% of yes, it, it can help you be a successful producer or whatever you're trying to get to. However, you don't have to be a successful EDM producer if you're only good at sound designing. That is false because let me tell you drew and what drew and steven from cymatics shout out to those guys um they never they never they only done sound design that's their whole goal they sell samples you know that's what they do they sound presets and whatnot they already did the sound stuff but they're not idiom producers none of them Oh, what about those templates that they do sell with the presets and whatnot that they buy? It's like, well, let me tell you something, guys. They hire people to make sounds. They hire people, like, because I remember they, they hire company and they hire Phase One and Adair and Wooly back in the days. They hire those producers to make a song. They're like, hey, make a template-like song using these presets that we did. And that's what they did. That's basically what they did. They basically did a song and... They didn't have to do it. There's nothing to it. So you don't have to be a great. So you could be a great sound designer and not be a, a EDM producer. The thing is that these guys know how to market themselves. That's the thing. That's why they fly so much. And they they actually like over the top on selling one of the biggest sample packs or presets in the whole entire community because they know how to market themselves. They know how to get to the up and commerce and like, hey, 
you can sound like him, which is dope. I mean, I, it's dope that they actually thought about the community. Let me help you in some way of shape. But if anything, it damaged the community a bit because now everybody's like, I bought these presets from Cymatics. Like you can hear some of the songs that I did it from Cymatics, that they came from Cymatics. You know why, how I know that? It's because some of the songs, some of the sounds are phasing like a motherfucker. I told this to Celts the other day. I was like, dude, they did that on purpose because they want to know if they're you if if you're using their sound or not. If they're using their sound, they can leverage that to themselves. It's like, hey, this artist did this. That's why like they phase. Some of these artists don't even realize that that was phasing. Some of them do, and I'm pretty sure they corrected that phase that phasing aspect. And then a lot more they didn't know, and they just leave it as it is because it sounds cool, which may be true. But then inclines me more that you didn't do anything. You just basically slap it because it sounds good, and you're just giving them more more power to them. Because it's, you know, it's based on them. I really never knew what was the issue of why it's sound design. I feel sound design is, is important. Absolutely. I'm an advocate about that. Like, I will push sound designing on any aspirus or any shape or sound on any genre. That being said, it is a luxury. It is not a necessity. I will say that. Hear me out. It is not a necessity that you need to learn how to sound design to be a successful producer or engineer or stuff like, because again, some engineers don't sound design and then some they do. And then you got some producers that a lot, they sound design and a lot of them, they just use the presets. Like I've heard Carnage before the whole Carnage debacle about, you know, he using silent presets to make his bases fat. He just basically turned everything up and obviously that. The whole thing about him, like, got a plugin that wasn't bought. And then he has excuse, like, it wasn't my laptop. It's like, all right, it wasn't yours. Bad. And then Layback Luke, I've heard of him, which is very important. Is like, you know, it's not a necessity that you have to be a sound designer to make music. Because on his genre, it doesn't really much need all that weird shit or weird glitches or weird sounds you it's more simplistic like basically the house scene like i i criticize a lot of the house um more so the tech house or the techno or whatever because they all sound the same to me so because i feel they sound the same to me and judge me or tell me i'm wrong tell me i'm wrong it's the same beat the same bars on a drop it's the same bass you're just making it move or doing other stuff all right come on i challenge you to to tell me otherwise if i pull up like various techno or tech house tracks or deep houses like they're pretty much the same in their respective genres of course but I'm telling you guys, it is the bullshit. And there's not much, there's not enough sound designing in there. There's not into it. Like I literally can do it. It's basically a, a simple sine wave bass that makes it, that they clean it up and they make it sound very movement or something like that. But it is the same shit. And I tell you, some of the, these great artists from the house scene, like the Dirty Bird Crew, like Justin Martin, Club One Stroke, and um, some of these other people from 
Oh, the Martina brothers, if they do music. I don't know. Uh, Tony, uh, um, Loco Dice. Loco Dice. There you go. Loco Dice. And my boys, the Z boys, Christopher Alexander. That's my boy. Shout out to you, Shaggy. Um, they do their sound design, but it's it's not really sound design because they just basically like sample or resample. Even though sample or resampling is a form of sound design, but they they don't do much out of it. They don't do what we normally do as mostly bass music producers in which we literally fuck everything up to the point like this sound is like, holy shit, you know? So that whole aspect on the house side, the trends, any other simple genres don't really need to be sound designing. Because most of it, it's just happy music and it's just simplistic presets that they pull out of the stock presets from their plugins, whichever plugins they're into. They just use the stock uh, presets, guarantee. They just and then they just twitch the knots. Um, and that's how they get their their unique sounds. Well, to me, it's not unique, but uh, others will defer. But anyways, yeah, they, they just that's what they do now in the bass music scene, however. It is an emphasis of sound designing. Why we put so much pressure on it, I don't know. But I have two theories about it. One of them in in which sound itself, sound designing, is an endless, limitless way to create new stuff out of it. Because some of the top producers that we hear, their sounds are just unique and different from every other else. And obviously, it's because of all the time they dedicated. Like sound designing is not like you. You will learn more how to sound design more than than you would have when you're making a song, a construction song. Believe it. Excuse me. Believe it or not. Like you will dedicate hundreds of hours of just sound designing. Hundreds of hours. I actually time myself. I've done almost probably at least. 200 hours of sound designing. That's kitty shit compared to one of the best sound designers or 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 best um, producers, such as in the noise just people from the drum and bass. Um, the dub said like the Zomboys and the companies. Um, in the like Jaws. Jaws is still in the house scene, but some of his stuff is still unique and he had to put some effort on it. Yeah. Like sound design is definitely an important aspect for us bass producers because, you know, that's what we put. I don't know why we put so much emphasis out of it, but again, I'm theorizing it. It's because it's sound, it's stuff that we're used to. And then when somebody comes around and makes some, whatever that, idea came and turn it into something bigger and better people would just go lean into it like when snails came around and started the whole vomit set because it sounds just so gnarly it's just go like it's gnarly as fuck compared to a sound that you would hear from a zomboy track or and then excision comes around with his unique metallic sound and then tramp comes out and goes with the siren shit and then I heard um, others, uh, the Maruda now the, does his famous sirens and Trampa just basically uses sirens and then makes it, you know, move around like stuff like that actually 
like makes it sound unique and it's like okay so this is something some shit that he will do or this will do it and then before you know it it's basically a, the same concept but in a different sound so i guess that's how people are like journalizing that because um when you're trying to release a song you don't want to sound like zomboy you don't want to sound like like trampa you don't want to sound like this certain artist, you want to be known as who you are, a unique person. And that's the biggest uh, error that some of um, error. Yeah, error. It's a mistake that these upcomers are doing a lot, which is trying to sound like your favorite artists. And that's why they don't come up. That's why when even though even though your sound design is like, holy shit, and your music is holy shit, it's a master, why not? You send it to these labels labels are going to respond to you with nah it's not in it for us thank you or they're not going to respond to you and you wonder why why is it that it's not in it for you like my shit is on point a lot of people say like holy shit is good a lot of producers gave me a critique feedback and i did it why most of the labels they don't want to tell you but they'll just say like well it's because um we already have somebody that sounds like this why do we need you i've i've said this before um others other episodes i i don't i forgot but uh, yeah like why what benefit us like why why do i need you if i re, if i if you sound like zomboy why sh, why does never say die wants to release your song to sound like zomboy one of their artists when they can just tell zomboy hey can you do this basically that's how it is they're not gonna waste their fucking time if you sound like someone the artist, and obviously they're not gonna waste their time if you're gonna sound like someone from other labels artists or an artist that's already out there. They're not stupid. They know. They know. They do their research. You honestly believe that Zomboy doesn't listen to any of the disciples' music, like Virtual Riot or Barely Alive or Mode Step or Terravita, Twelve Panic? Shit, those. Everyone plays each other's music. You honestly believe nobody's going to notice that I may sound like Zomboy. And if I release it on Disciple, Disciple will take it because they don't have anybody on their label that sounds like Zomboy. Fuck no. Disciple would know. Disciple would know who Zomboy is. They don't want anybody that sounds like him. They want somebody unique, brand new. Give me something new, something that I never heard of. Another perfect example is Eliminate. Eliminate's sound is such unique. Whether it's on Trap or Dubstep, it, it's those weird, plucky frequency shifter shit. It sounds unique. It's something brand new that nobody will listen to. Barely a live sound. It sounds more of a heavy, gnarly dubstep with the elements of retrospect stuff, you know? That's your thing. So, yeah, guys. Like, if you ever guys want to do sound design, you create your own shit. That's why it takes a lot. Like, sometimes people don't even realize their what their sound is until it's too late. Because some, because believe it or not, even though you've you're the one who thought about the song, somebody released the song that almost sounds like your son. It was like, oh shit, you're too late. Now you gotta think of something. But yeah, guys. That's how that's the gist of sound designing. Like, what are the benefits behind it? Believe it or not, there's a lot of benefits behind sound designing because if you can actually sound design a certain sound or recreate a sound or resample a sound to make a new sound, bro, bro, like you can land on any other genre of music and make a song and boom, you got it. Not only that, it makes it sound more unique on that, but also 
sound designing doesn't have to end on being a music producer. Sound designing, does, you don't have to be a successful EDM producer to be a great sound designer. No. All the sample packs that I've heard so far from Cymatics from, uh, I was about to say a, a lot of sample packs, but it, it just blew me around. Oh, the perfect sample. Splice. Splice has a bunch of sample packs. Um, the most recent ones, like the mode step and the sample fires, like people from Disciple had down little sample packs and designs. And they and it's from great sound designers. And you can use those. I mean, if you pay for them, of course. But resample that. You don't have to be a great producer to do so. I that was a bad example. That really is because all those guys are actually very good at making music, except for cinematics. There's another. There's others. I'm not. There's others that I know. What about uh, what about that? Uh, what that's that's their that's their actual name. What about productions and Jesus? So it's a mess. What about productions and another company? I. Fuck, I forgot. Those guys don't release music. They they do samples. They do sound designs. So doesn't have to end like shit. I'm a great sound designer, but I can't release songs because I don't know how to make songs or doesn't sound good. Well, here's some other options. You can actually go do sample packs. Build into the community. Let everybody know that you're doing sample packs. Be part of the competition with these other guys. There's real money behind it because the money goes directly to you. There's no label processing or any of that shit probably the only fee you will have to pay is the people who are putting it out like um like splice and such people make make music i'm just making sounds on, on sample packs and whatnot hell yeah and people will continue to use it if the sounds if the sounds are legit and good shit people are just people want more and more you can also be hear me out a good sound designer for studios for Filmmaking studios, gaming studios. I really envy a lot the people that actually sound design um, on games because some of the games, believe it or not, do a lot of Foley art. And Foley art is another part of sound design. They recreate these sounds and some unique sounds like a monster growl or the sound of a of a robot moving or or swinging or stuff or, you know, shit like that. Like that actually can't. That sound wasn't invented by recreating a sound that was already made in real life. No, somebody had to, somebody had to recreate that sound to make it sound unique and similar to that. Like spaceships. Like how the fuck do you know what a spaceship sounds? There, we don't have any spaceships as of right now that I'm aware of. I mean, I don't want. We don't have a fucking Death Star or the USS Enterprise or any of the Covenant ships from Halo. I don't know how 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 the fuck did those guys come up with the sound? They had to come up from somewhere. It was created by something and make that illusion that this is how a spaceship sounds. So obviously, it's a huge benefit for being a sound designer. Now, what's the long haul into this? Well, pretty much... It'll get you far. It'll get you far on on any sort of industry that you're trying to get into. For heck, you can also make you know sound designing for producers, ghost producing, or you can also make sample packs. You can also do filmmaking or game foreign. Like it, it's really worth it. So some of the benefits that fall into it, like it pays off for being a great sound designer. But it is a luxury. 
not gonna lie it is a lot to you don't have to you could just be one of those people that don't know how to sound design and just use presets and just like twitch the knobs or something so it sounds a little bit different and then ban you got your song that's fine and it's fine on whichever genre you do it but i believe that in the bass music scene they emphasize more on the sound design and it and it's not a luxury it's a necessity that you have to learn how to sound design i believe it's a luxury because shit people make songs without sound design without even doing an inch of sound designing and yet their songs are bangers but at the end of the day, I believe it's a necessity because it will help you understand the concepts why a certain sound is. Understand why this will fuck up more the sound and it sounds very trashy. Why this can make it sound more inclined to to better sound wider. Like, why is this important? Why is this even good? Why is this frequency has to be at this much? Why is this automation is like this? Like it. There's there's a lot of benefits to it. Like it it will help you up in the in the long haul by getting you all sorts of things, all sorts of knowledge, and getting you in sorts of uh, career opportunities. It, it it could be a game changer. To be honest, it definitely is worth it. It's worth investing yourself on sound designing. Now, I said earlier that you know I've done like at least two hundred hours of sound designing. That's that's me. At least I've known people who probably spent thousands thousands of hours of just sound design i kid you not i know for sure that adair has shout out to you lane uh, he has a new he's gonna have a new name and new alias whenever he comes out with his new alias i'll shout him up to it properly um i know he spends thousands of hours company spends thousands of hours wooly needy greedy Anybody from the any of these labels and thousands are creating a certain sound. Even their own sounds. They use their sounds and they mess it up even more. And now it's a it's now it's a new form of a sound. And boom. Like sound designing doesn't have to be like it has to be created by the original. It has to be created something new. Like, no, you can actually fuck up with this original sound that you recreated before and create something new. Believe it or not, makes your life easier. And believe it or not, that's another method of getting your own sound signature. Because that's the only way people will, you know, will know about you. It's like, oh shit, that's a Wolfson sound because his this sound sounded almost the same as the other one. But it's different. It's somehow different. Resampling is another form of sound designing. Absolutely. Take a sample and then fuck it up or throw a bunch of effects and other shit. And before you know it, it's a new sound. It's a new, brand new sound. And holy shit, it can fuck with. Um, Even sound designing on the presets. I hate to call it that it's a sound. It's another method of sound designing, but it is. It's another method, you know. Because you're, you're basically doing the same thing as you were doing your own sound. You're just basically twitching it up or fuck it up even more. But I've seen people that what they take all those presets is like whatever the original sound is, they they sample it. Like they put it on a wave format. Now we're going to resample it, add more effects, more flavor to it. And before or not, it's another song. They basically destroyed the original sound. Right? So that's another way. And it's an easier, effective way to do it. Not gonna about it. As long as it doesn't sound as the original sound, I'm all good about it. So <sighs> we're gonna wrap this up because this is actually this is one of those quick episodes. You know, I'm not gonna be mad about it. Um, my final thoughts into this. Um, 
I feel like sound designing is definitely a thing, and you guys should be should learn more about it, dedicate more hours about it. Yes, sound designing, I believe, is a necessity, in my opinion. I said it before in this episode that yeah, it's a luxury. Yeah, yeah. It's a luxury and a certain the way it's very hard to say. Let me see how I can process this. Um, it is a luxury to learn to learn how to sound design because not everybody can do it. In that aspect, uh, that's why I'm saying it's a luxury. Not everybody can sound design. Lady by Luke doesn't sound design. He uses its presets and and just tweets it up and then like he doesn't know how to sound design. Carnage doesn't sound design for shit. His shit is just distorted. Other and other other house guys as well. They don't do shit like it's just basically this a preset from someone else or somebody give it to them because I've heard it before. I've seen it before. However, on the bass music scene, if you're actually going to be a bass music producer, you, it, it's, it is a necessity to learn how to sound design and be a great sound designer because it's the only way for you to get through some of some of these um, labels and some of these um, um, artists. That's how it's the only way for them to acknowledge you. It's, if they say like, holy shit, this guy did it on his own and did a nasty sound on his own without even creating another one sounds like, oh shit, I want this guy. And if it sounds good, labels are not going to let you go. They want you, you know? So it is a, it is a net, it's a luxury necessity because not everybody can do it. But one thing's for sure is that if you're going to be dedicated on sound designing, you have to put in the hours. It's something similar to what I explained a little bit, a brief explanation of what I did on my, on the previous episode about, um, like, should you go out or you should stay producing and other episodes as well? Like sound designing, if you're going to do it, it's heavily, heavily dedicated. You need to dedicate your time of it because it's literally time consuming and you have to spend hours and hours and hours and hours on making sounds of different sounds and see what this sound can take you to what. It is time consuming and you have to be very patient because sometimes sometimes your your drop, your initial drop may not be the same drop that you will have in later in later projects. And you may actually change it because at the, you're never going to have the perfect drop on the first try of a sound design. That's impossible that like you're not that fucking good. I kid you not. You started out with a certain drop and all of a sudden the drop sounds a little. Ugh, you, you thought it was good. So you had to keep. Fucking it up even more and more and more and more until your drop sounds like holy shit. And it took you hours to do that. It wasn't on the first try. And I said, no, it, it goes with second, the third, fourth, fifth, seventh, tenth tries until you actually get your actual drop. It's time consuming and you had to be persistent. Like, yeah, guys, like sound designing at that point, it, it becomes a, lu- a luxury if you see it like that. But it, but if you really, really want to be a successful EDM producer, at least in the most in the bass music scene. If you want to be into trap, into dubstep, into drum and bass, or somewhere along the lines in the bass era, you have to dedicate your time on sound and It is an it's a must. And as well, if you can use this for later on for to sound to sell your sample packs, you know, your own sounds, selling your own presets. And if a gaming company comes or a film company comes out to use like i like your sound can you sound design for this this and that bro you already got the skills for it so it's a walk in the water for you on this part you know so definitely it's a must so 
we're gonna wrap this up guys thank you very much um we're gonna i'm gonna mention you guys the top five plugins for sound design that i highly recommend it for anybody who's a beginner or a pro or in between so my number five plugin that i will recommend massive massive is actually pretty good for making a lot a lot of cool sounds it might look like a little tedious but once you get used to where all things go and how to mess around with stuff, it's actually pretty easy to do so, you know. Number four, and this is more for Ableton's wave. Uh, this is a Ableton stop plugin. So this one's actually more for um, Ableton people. The Wavetabler plugin. I highly recommend for you guys to use the Wavetabler plugin because believe it or not, it's like a serum, bro. It is, it is like a serum, but you have to mess around with it a little bit and you can make gnarly sounds out of it. And it's actually pretty cool. And the cool thing about it is that you don't have to make gnarly sounds out of it. You can make even powerful saws into it. And it's very easy to use. You just have to dedicate on your time out of it. You're, and then if you add some of the LFOs into it, you add some of the frequency shifters and other stuff on top of it. Like... The sky's the sky's the sky's the limit, you know, into it. Number three, top plugins. Let me see another one that I currently use. Hmm. Another one is actually I'm not gonna Spire. Spire is actually pretty good and it's affordable because Spire can actually make it give you some good saws like good melodic chords melodies and plucky sounds and bells and whatnot it's spire is actually pretty good on that they hip-hop community uses spire a lot on that one but i'm known a lot of house producers use spire as well it's in competition with silent but silence is right up there but spire i would recommend you know to do so you can come up with some actually happy stuff out of it you can make spire use spire it's actually pretty good Number two, let me see. Yeah, five, four, three. Number two, face plant. Face plant is the next level sound design. I kid you not. I started messing around with face plant and it's amazing. Like you can create, you can do so much more. And it's from the people from Kilohertz. Shout out to those guys. They got real cool stuff with F with FX and now with this new plugin. It's literally the next plugin that trending right now. Excuse me, for people who are trying to make new sounds and trying to make up and commerce, faceplant. And they have a good program in which you can basically like have a subscription to pay $10 a month. And you can have that song and all the effects as long as you want to. And you can stop the subscription whenever you want. You can cancel it. So Faceplant is definitely a must to because it is expensive. But you can afford it with, with the subscription. I remember I did like two songs with Faceplant. And I was like, oh, amazing. But it's a lot of hard. It's hard to, to get into it. But it's worth it's worth it. Like it was worth the end game out of it. Yeah, like yeah, I recommend Faceplant. That's mine too. Before I hit number one, because I'm pretty sure everybody knows which is number one, I'll give you some notable mentions, some or some honorable mentions of you should also keep an eye on these plugins. Like um Silent, 
I don't know if Silent still uses it, but I know that Omnisphere is definitely like the most expensive one, but it's the one that every producer uses for heavy chords, melodic stuff, and chord progressions, and melodies, and plucks, and styles. Like It's like Spire and Silent on steroids, basically. And is there another another honorable mention? They might be it. I don't think another plugin that used for sound designing. I guess resampling. Um, Ableton's resample option is another form of res- of sound designing, but it's not a plugin. So I cannot think of an, of another honorable mention other than those two on top of my head. But I, we all know which is the king of sound designing. We all know which is the one that everybody goes to and is the one and only Serum. It's for record Serum is the number one sound designing that's highly recommended for anybody. Because believe it or not, Serum is actually the most user-friendly plugin of all. The downside about using Serum is that everybody has it. So everybody knows how to use it and everybody knows how to fuck with it and everybody knows how to sound almost the same which is makes sound design a whole lot challenging and, and hard to get because everybody will sound the same because of using it however ser- there are ways to go with serum and serum is definitely very limitless and that's how i use all my sound design drops on my projects like i start with serum i do something on serum i got my sound i bounce it or extract the uh, audio clip out of it and then I start resampling and then start adding shit and start messing around even more. And before you know it, I got the actual drop that I wanted to use. So Serum is very affordable as well. Uh, well, semi-affordable because I paid it. I bought it for the actual price for $200. Like a, a couple months later, Splice decided to use the famous rent to own option in which you pay a certain amount a month until you finally paid off Siron and you finally own it, which is the smartest thing you can do. I thought I, I wish I could have actually hold that off for a bit and I could save it for that. But needless to say, don't have zero regrets of getting Siron. It is my go-to plugin for, for anything because I have done, I've recreated s- like literally sub bases for all my for all of my drops for all my songs the bass lines I come the sub bass it comes from Sierra as well I've I've done kicks around it it's easy it's not that hard but you can do so much more like you can recreate anything I've seen people recreating even the sound of a of a of a ball dropping into the floor that like you can hear the boom it's amazing. You can do so much more with it. And you can also drop any samples and drop it into the waveform tablets and then automate it and then fuck up more of the sound so you can do just more and more and more. Like, it's endless how you how you use uh, Serum, you know? And obviously, like I said, the downside to Serum is that everybody has it and it's standard for, for the base community. It is what it is, you know? And those are my final recommendations of which plugins you should get you know and everybody has their own price so so i guess yeah thank you guys for listening and remember every week it's a brand new episode with a brand new topic so be sure to like and subscribe for your weekly episodes at the lone wolf podcast for soundcloud spotify apple Podcasts, 
iHeartRadio and as well as the YouTube channel at LoneWolfPod.com. That's LoneWolfPod.com. Comment down below and let me hear your thoughts, your experience, what you guys think about the episode. If you guys got something to say, let me know. If you guys got a topic that you want me to cover, I'm all ears about it, you guys. So I'll definitely take any considerations on any topics and I'll cover it. And guys, you can also follow me on any of my social medias at Wolves and Music and also at Twitch for any times I'm going to be streaming some of my sessions or even the episodes before it airs. So thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you guys at the next one. Deuces.